Good afternoon, and welcome to All Things Georgette, a random set of 30 minutes in which uh, my two sisters and I are going to talk about a very underheralded author whom we love dearly, Georgette Hare, or Hire. I'm not sure how you say it. Doesn't matter. We love her. I'm Marsha, and I'm going to let you guys uh, introduce yourselves. Take okay. it away. I'm Sandy, and um, I will say that when I've when I I saw that um, video clip with uh, um, Stephen Fry, uh, he he was saying "hair," and I think that's how we're supposed to pronounce it. However, we Screw grew up our entire Stephen life. Fry. We grew we up our entire life higher. getting thrift shop books and reading them all yeah, and saying higher because Since we're- when is Stephen Fry just because he has a British accent <laughs> doesn't mean that he is the boss of the world. Well, he's awesome, but um, there I said it. I said but also, it. Also, I, I mean, it. British people on purpose say like Don Juan instead of Don Juan. So I think okay, Ameri- Americans Americans can say Georgette Higher is all I'm saying. All right. This is already a disaster. Okay. Anyway, I'm Sandy. Um, let's let the third person chime in here. I'm Sharon and I'm above the fray on these minuscule issues of how you say her name because it doesn't really matter how you say your name. What you need to do is read her books and specifically her Regency romance books a genre that gets billions of dollars in sales on an annualized basis now and which she started and which she never respected herself for. And yet Darn there's it, nobody Jet? like her. Have a little there's, pride. There's nobody as good. There's nobody, nobody as, good. as exact. Nobody even close. Nobody even close. And um, yeah, excuse me, Bridgerton. I yeah, don't think sorry. so. I'm sorry. Uh, here's what I'd like to say to those of you who enjoyed Bridgerton, which I understand some of you did. Um, you know, good try. Good try. Uh, but uh, we actually, and we heard, we heard some dialogue. Okay. To be fair, we only watched half of one episode before we were, and our we, eyeballs were rolling. And so we haven't read any of the Bridgerton In our books. heads that they were getting stuck. But we, um, no, truly, we they, they said Diamond of the First Water. And I was like, okay, done. They've stolen her research, right? Once again, I'm seeing an element of Georgette threaded through um, something that is so inferior. And once again, this woman is not getting the recognition or the, um, the artistic expression that she richly deserves. Why has no one ever made a good film out of one of these wonderful novels? That is what is impossible for me to understand. I don't Although get it. I do say that Georgia Heyer, Heyer her control <laughs> and, and mastery of language, of turns of phrase, of descriptive language is unmatched. And she so Okay, maybe that's a little, what about Dickens? I mean, you know. Maybe we can't make such huge claims. Maybe I would say unmatched by any other restoration era writer, or not writer in the restoration, but of the restoration. Georgia Heyer has sold over 20 million books. That is pretty amazing. Stunning achievement. And she herself said famously, I ought to be shot for writing this tripe. It's, oh it's a shame for her a, you to know, not have the, understood how good 
she is. Okay, I would say, Sharon, it's not only a shame for her personally, but it's also quite um, a a glaring reflection of of the the poor opinion women writers had of themselves in general. I mean, we see this kind of um, we see this kind of um, self denigration in Virginia Woolf. We see it in Sandy. You were talking about some other author recently. Mary, that, Mary Stewart. Mary Stewart, fantastic writer, mid century British. Great, Mystery writer, suspense, romance, and 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 the characters are constantly belittling themselves. Which, which, to be fair, Georgettes do not. Now, what I think is like compare um, P.G. Woodhouse. Right, they were writing at the same time. They were both very popular. They were both wonderful, elegant, witty writers. Yes, and um, and he's very respected and renowned. And she's and we love him. We also love him. Yes, to be fair. Yeah. And or like, for example, a genre that is just as formulaic as romance, which is the mystery genre and, you know, all these people writing. And because because men read more mysteries, um, that is a respected genre that has the Edgar Awards and all of this stuff because women read are the primary readers of romances. Romances are not as respected. Oh, they're so formulaic, et cetera, et cetera. Well, so are mysteries just as much. And, and you can have good mysteries and bad mysteries and good writers and bad writers. And Georgette is the absolute cream of the crop. And, um, and it's a genre that should, should, should be just as respected as any other genre fiction. And, um, and Georgette is just, uh, there's nobody to touch her. And we should talk a little bit about what we know about her research, which, um, she extraordinary she, research. She uh, and Sharon, you can go on with this, but I think from what I understand, she went to a, the equivalent of estate sales or tag sales, bought old letters from the 1830s or the 1810s or whatever era she was writing about. Those were her two most common I eras. It was eight, 18th and, century. Or, I guess you're right. Early 19th, 19th century. She did some late, okay, late so 19th. She did late 18th century stuff, but really, it's her. The bread well, and butter the is bony Bonaparte. I right, mean, that's it. War of 1812, right? That's all that okay. era. All right. um, so then she's that era. And then she's also America. more like 1840s era. She also, that's a big part of what she writes. So ha, I, most of her books are in one of those two eras. But she did all original research. She she got, she as I say, she went to tag sales. She, she developed a huge collection of old letters so that she could find these expressions that people used in them, like Diamond of the First Water as the as an example of a beautiful woman who's just starting her, her English, her British, her season in um, the upper classes in England at that time. Um, and, um, and she developed, you know, all this you know we would just say in America, we just say purdy. We say she's purdy. Totally say, hot. We well, say purdy, totally also hot. Or diamond of the first water. She had a vast collection of, old country house ledger books of stagecoach receipts of theater programs of all of this ephemera from the period that she covered which is in fact she has several books that are late 18th century moving into the early 19th century and that that's that's her sweet spot and she always mm-hmm. liked the medieval period better, but she wrote two books in that period that are both definitely more boring than the other ones. And mm-hmm. she, if something 
is if there is a, a cost per per pound of coal given in Georgette's books, then that's what it cost. If mm-hmm. there is mm-hmm. a, a an upstairs made salary, then she found that in an old ledger book kept by a housekeeper or by an estate agent. She if, if was meticulous. A, and a, because she set the set up the entire genre, that work was was lifted by other writers and assumed to be the foundation, which in fact it could be because she did all that research. She got so mad about other writers stealing her work. Barbara that, Cartwell. Oh, Barbara Cartwell stole Barbara Cartwell. Yeah, but she actually she actually sued her to make a point and say was do your own damn right. research. Cartwright, whatever somebody else, whatever, whatever. I mean, please, bald-faced stealing. And not, and not good. And then inserting the and, steel and into something book on top of it to add insult to injury. <laughs> but she, she was so angry about it that she most unfortunately directed her son after her death to burn all of her, this huge collection she had amassed of this primary pity. material of letters and, and accounts books and things like that. And, and did he do it? Did. Like a dumb head? Yes, he did. That it, was wrong. It was all burnt. But that's, um, that's one of those. That's one of those moments when you disregard the wishes of the dead. She when you say wrong. Not going to burn this. It, but beyond it. beyond her her expertise, it was her wit and her facility with language that that just leaps off the page of it any does. one okay. of those you know books. And we're going to get deeply three. into that. We're going to get deeply into that. We're about to, that's the next part of the program. But I do want to step back for one minute and say, we don't know who we're talking to. And we are just assuming, we look at the numbers, you know, you look at Amazon or whatever, you look at these numbers and say, okay, 20 million. That's a lot of books to sell. Um, but because there's just not, she's not present in the culture. People, her name is still pretty, um, obscure. obscure. And so we don't know who we're talking to. What we'd like to do is to invite anyone listening to this who finds, uh, Georgette as interesting as we do. We'd like to invite you into our secret society, right? Sharon, isn't that what you were saying? Absolutely. I think, I think people and read Georgette hair are, one of the biggest secret societies there is. She is yeah, and that's cool. ten all time best selling authors on ABE.com over fifteen years period. She outsells Dickens. She she is massively popular. And that doesn't include all of the copies that one can find in used bookstores and which was really the only place you could get a Georgia hair for several years when she was out of print. She has fans in, I think she's been translated into 20 or so languages, which I can't quite imagine reading her in Spanish, but I know that she's translated into Spanish. Um, she is just a gifted, funny writer that millions of people enjoy reading. And yet, to your point, Sandy, because she wrote historical romances, you have that word romance in it. And culturally, that is that it sinks. Yeah, that 
puts heaps contempt upon her head, which she felt herself. And I think that's just Well, she participated in it. Yeah, it's a a pity. Um, Sharon, you know how you were saying you were holding your laptop like a drool bucket under your chin? Uh Yes. I think you're holding it a little too closely under your chin. Try it a little bit. I'm really hearing you. I'm hearing you very, very clearly. So maybe you don't. You like this better. Um, yeah, that looks more like if I'm reading the little readout things, it looks yeah. like more. It looks more, more like ours. One. <laughs> more keeping with what Sandy and I. And by the way, this is for for all our um, all of our listeners out there. I don't know if we have any listeners, but if <laughs> we do, I want to explain. If you hear slurping or nibbling, or we just decided, hell. We can eat and drink during our discussion because uh, if we were in a Georgette novel, we'd be having ratafia. Right. Or, and, and, and drop cakes. And drop cakes. Yeah. And uh, whatever the hell we wanted. So we're eating that. That's that's what we're eating right that's now. That's right. You can just picture us having ratafia. Here we go. I'm just going to have a big slurp right now. And becoming foxed. <laughs> Ladies, however, do not very often become foxed. It's the <sighs> gentlemen who become foxed. Or disguised. Or disguised, yes. yes. Or a trifle disguised. A trifle disguised. Yeah, let's think of all the names for being drunk oh my goodness. in Georgette. There's being foxed. You must have been a trifle disguised. One of my favorites, shot the cat. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly. So here's one of the things I, I've enjoyed most about reading all these books is that I feel like I learned another language. You know, it's one of those books that it's, it's an experience of learning because there's no, and, and she does it so elegantly. There's, there's no ham handed, you know, definition given you. No, you have to derive the meaning of the word through context. So, you know, you, you walk away from a book knowing exactly what a high perch phaeton is, for example. Well, and that's the fun actually of reading Georgette in this day that and age. That is the fun. I mean, this day and age, because when we were kids reading these, we just had to kind of figure it out. In this day and age, you could just go on your iPhone and just immediately look up high perch phaeton. And then you oh, would be like, oh, and you have a picture. Um, but see, I've never, I, I have to say, this is probably date aging. And I don't want anybody to know how old we are. I'm 16. I'll just put that out there. But like, <laughs> I th- <laughs> shut up. I think it's nice that uh, you don't have to look at friggin' pictures of something. You have it in your brain pan. Isn't that more creative and imaginative? It's cool. And I, and, and, but I do hear you, but I, do, it, I, know, I know what you're saying. I it's okay. I, I grew up reading this. So I've read these all before and I've read all the different and things. You're but, 13. However, and I'm 13. However, um, I will say that, that, um, I have gotten fun having some fun times going down the rabbit hole. Um, like on these, she'll often have a wild goose chase in her novel where people are going on, on um, carriage rides from here to there and hither and yon and various I things are happening that. at inns and things. Adventure and, time. and as we say, every single fact in a Georgette novel is a fact. And so I can go on my map and I can put on the names of all these towns and I can find them all and I can Isn't see the map fabulous. of what 
where people are and what they did. And that's just kind of fun. That, but it's then again, I'm so a, much fun. I am such a nerd about that stuff. So whatever. Yeah, you are. I you am. are. I have to say, you are the kind of person that would go and do all that. <laughs> See, I am just much happier kind of imagining it. But I was going to add to Sharon's litany of things that were real. Um, all those stagecoach tables, the times tables yep. that she actually uses in the novels, they were real timetables. They were derived so that you knew there actually was a coach from whatever from, Brighton from little, Ham- little Hampton and little Hampton. Like yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, okay. Farmer is said to be harvesting a particular crop in a, on a particular estate in a particular area. That's what they would have grown there. And, and, and to be fair, I mean, look, we know this is not unique to Georgette Hare, higher. It's not unique. It's not like other authors don't do their homework, but somehow knowing that, um, that the, the brilliance of the language that she's bringing to the table is authentic and learning that. And you sort of feel like you're in a secret society. Like you are invited temporarily while you're reading the novel into this world, into a world in and of itself and complete and, and to the extent possible, realistic and authentic. Um, it's not, I mean, yes, they're fictional, they're romances, um, but they're incredibly witty, and they have this um, this pedagogical element. Really, I think I would call it. she's really teaching you uh, these the meaning, not just the meaning of words. It's not just vocabulary. Maybe that's what I'm getting at. You feel ushered into a culture like where uh, a coming out is really the most important moment in a young woman's life because if she doesn't get married. She is destined to become a governess. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she's or, just relegated to the poor relations status. The or poor relations. Uh, the mama, one of my favorite You know, living, like characters. helping the dowager. A drudge. A drudge, mm-hmm. you know, um, or, you know, a hooker. I don't know. We don't we don't meet too many of those ladies in Georgette. Oh, but, you forget. Oh, you, you do, you, though. They're you, all, you do. They're the, you do. There's definitely the demimond. Leaky yeah, yeah, exactly. One of my favorites. The, the bits of muslin, ladies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But Georgia Hare. The petticoat has, line. <laughs> she has the ability to to continue that world that you're talking about, Marsha, over 27 novels. It's incredible. It's tr- it is a tremendous, it is a tremendous She has put herself on this island, literally and figuratively, English island of that time period of that maybe 60 year time frame. And she fully brings it to life and she does it 27 times and <laughs> doing it once is one thing, but being able to, it is extraordinary to make yeah. it so attractive that you, her readership, this huge readership she has wants to go back over and over again and it's just as fresh oh, yeah. and just as as engrossing the 27th time as it was the first time. Okay, here's a question. How, how these are books that I read again and again. Yeah. How what is the record for each of you of how many times you've read one of her books and which title is it? Oh gosh. Good question. Now, I and I was also going to bring in the question of like because Sharon was saying the 27 novels, true, they're all good, but, and, and she's a great writer, but some of them are just unbelievable. Some are better than others. Which is kind of related to this oh, question, sure. probably. They're um, not all of the same quality. 
But honestly, for me, it's probably a matter of just what I had around. So like for a long time in my apartment in Boston, I only had a couple of her novels around. Um, and so, and, and whenever I was just in need of a little Georgette world, exactly. she is, she is like one of the ultimate, like, I just want to disappear. Co- total comfort reads. I, I need to disappear for a little while read. into a world that is not the one I'm in right now. And, Absolutely. Um, and because of that, and I happened to have, um, the reluctant widow at, and I think I happened to have, uh, a lady of quality around. And so those two books I've, I've probably read and I don't, I'm, I'm just making a guess. I probably have read them somewhere around 10 times. I would guess. I hear, I hear somebody stirring their retifia. Um, I, for me, it would be Friday's child with hero wanted mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and Sherry and all that. I think I've read that about 10 times mm-hmm. and, and you know, with other people, I'd be embarrassed to admit that mm-hmm. because it seems reductive and like, you know, but, but the truth of the matter is it's the perfect comfort read. Mm -hmm. It makes me laugh. It takes me out of where I'm perhaps not wanting to be in my own reality. And, um, and I always, I'm very stupid. So I forget the plot. And so I, I'm a little (laughs) bit surprised every time. (laughs) I find that I'm, I really enjoy going back and rereading them. And, and we have to assume that we're speaking to people who are, who have reread them multiple times themselves, or at least some subset of you out there have reread them multiple times. But I so enjoy going, stepping back into that world and, and concentrating more on the secondary characters. Maybe the first time through, you're sort of oh, following the plot more and, and the love the secondary and heroine, characters. but all of a sudden you go back the second read or the third. And in the case of Friday's child, you're, you're thinking about Mr. Tarleton, the, the hapless Mr. Tarleton. Oh, or, I love Mr. Tar, poor Mr. Tarleton. I know. Or, or Montague <laughs> Revsby, the scoundrel. Excuse or, me, Freddie Fakenham. Oh, oh please, my favorite. Okay, excuse me, Ferdy. Ferdy. Um, Ferdy's but the best. There are so love, many It's not secondary characters who who just bloom those books beyond the hero and heroine. And yes, plot-wise, you know where you're going as soon as you, you as soon as you stumble across the woman with gray eyes, you know she's <laughs> an heroine. And you know but it doesn't make any difference okay let's talk about there that's so great let's talk about that and i'm interested in some of the tropes that become familiar um to readers like us of georgette and and i should say i'm sure there are people out there that outread me um just because i've read friday's child 10 times i still have not read all of the novels which is um it's rather delightful to me i'm sort of holding off on some of the ones, like, I don't think I've read The Spanish Bride. Is that what it's called? Um, And uh, I'm pitiful, I know. And I don't know if I've, so anyway, that that being said, um, I'm still very much alive to the trope. So the gray eyes and um, the heroes. Not not all of her heroines have gray eyes, but yes, you know know that anyone with gray eyes is intelligent. She must have had gray eyes herself, I bet. And here's the thing that is, is curious and interesting to me. The, the the heroines, they're not usually the most beautiful. They're sort of, the, the, in fact, they're often outshone 
mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. another beauty, yep. another diamond of the first water, um, who is either a secondary character or a sister or um, an airhead, you. Yeah, or an airhead, um, a pretty but, widget, as she, or a pretty uh, widget, a pretty widget, a she pretty widget, mm-hmm. and. Um, Anyway, I think that's interesting that she chose to make her heroines a little, they're not unattractive and there's always something attractive about them, but, um, oh, in a, is it a civil contract? Is it? Is, yes. Yes. Yeah, civil contract hero- is the heroine is, is actually plain. She's, quite she's, plain. she's a little fat. She's dowdy. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a pudding nose. As yep, I, uh, I mean, <laughs> and, Chole, and, her, but, and her, her father is, is and her father is a, in trade and a Bulgarian. A yeah, he's a um, sit and vulgar. Again, another wonderful secondary character. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah. there are certain of her books that I think are easier to enter that world in. And most of those are ones that are set outside of London. So mm. something like The Toll Gate or The Unknown Ajax or... Um, Oh, I've read the or the, the Foundling. I mean, the Foundling oh, is, is just goodness. one of the great ones, and the Foundling is really the honestly, the honestly, the romance is almost secondary to the entire novel. It's it is true. It's really a novel about a, a young, a young, the little duke, a, a, a duke of small stature who's been who's been um, completely That's right. moved around his whole life. Um, trying to come and become a, become his own man. And um, it is utterly charming. And of course, one of the great villains of Georgette, um, Liversedge. Liversedge is the best. But those books are easier to get into than, than a more detailed, citified book like, the Grand Sophie, which is wonderful, or Pharaoh's Daughter, also hilariously funny. But if those are the first books you're going to read, they're full of the rules of polite society, and and the comedy comes in the transgression of those rules. I disagree. Um, I don't. I don't agree. I think that the Grand Sophie is that gets me hook, line, and sinker from the very first scene mm-hmm. when um, Sir Horace. Comes the, to the blustery Saharas comes in and wakes Saharas up his sister. Comes in and wakes up his sister, whose cap is askew, yeah. and she's fallen asleep by the fire. And that just got me right away. I mean, right. not not to mention when Sophie arrives with monkeys and, but and everything I else. Now, I do have a little. I do have a little anecdote about the Grand Sophie, which is I recommended because I'm always talking about Georgette to my book club, and we 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 are let's say we do a little bit more serious reading. I would say in my book club and and. Uh, so I said, listen, you guys want to try it. You know, here's, I had them read the Grand Sophie. Well, big mistake because I'd totally forgotten how utterly racist that, um, that, that chapter with when she goes and she, she it's, it's very anti-Semitic. With the, right. Oh my God. With the, with money, the pistol and, it, and she gets the. A, and it's a Jewish moneylender that she's talking yes. to. Well, and, and he's just, not even the, he's it, not even a moneylender. He's like, he's like worse than a moneylender. He's like the, one of I'm the very, s- very sketchy I was characters. A st- you know what? I've read it before, but I came upon that. And just knowing other people were going to read it at my recommendation, I was suddenly horrified. Yeah. yeah. Like, what will they think of me? Yeah. Good heavens. However, despite that, Fabulous novel, very strong. Well, I think I think books like The Unknown Ajax and The Tollgate, um, they revolve more around a a uh, the plot itself. Um, there are crimes in both of them that have to be 
uh, resolved. Mm-hmm. And they are not as dependent for either the the train of the plot or for the comedy of the interaction between the characters as say Pharaoh's daughter, where which I think is a is another a one I brilliant haven't read. book. But the the comedy in that is highly dependent on you understanding, you the reader understanding how far outside the bounds of polite society the heroine exactly. has put yeah. herself and That's true. how and amusingly drama in that. Mm-hmm. They, those those worlds come back together and you perhaps don't get the joke if you haven't understood the rules of the road already and well, I, like the idea of spending the night under the same roof with a man to whom you are not married or related by blood yeah. um is is a huge no-no right i mean that's and that that'll ruin your reputation despite despite the best efforts of the the sad georgette imitators who tend to throw in sex in place of wit a woman who compromised herself had no future. Yeah. She basically had no future. And so the even if she was a diamond of the first water. These women who who throw themselves into bed with men in in more contemporary shameless, shameless writers books uh are yeah, are doesn't. so far away from what Georgette ever wrote. And Okay, I've um, got to break in, Sharon. It is getting to be time to say goodbye to all our myriad listeners. Uh, so because of that, we have 45 seconds. Uh, any closing remarks? I My remark is we're going to be back. We clearly have a lot more to talk about. I think we need to talk about the books themselves, favorite characters, favorite plots, favorite scenes of departure and arrival, say favorite scenes of chaos. There's lots of places to go. Um, but thank you for listening. And Sharon and Sandy, thank you for being excellent, thoughtful guests on Indeed. All Things Georgette. Happy to be here. Loving it. No, Looking forward to the next more one. Than talking about Georgette. Nothing With better. All the other members of the Secret Society who know how great she is. Wink, wink. wink See you wink. next time. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Thank you.